Hey y'all, we're going to continue through the book of Isaiah. We are at chapter 31 here, and we are still walking through the chapters of woe, the, the warnings of the coming woes and misery that are going to come forth due to the sin and the refusal to submit and repent and turn to God. In verse 1 of 31, this is a woe against relying on Egypt and the the futility of relying on on Egypt instead of God and not trusting in God. In verse 1, What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. In His wisdom, the Lord will send great disaster. He will not change His mind. He will rise against the wicked, against their helpers. For these Egyptians are mere humans, not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. When the Lord raises his fist against them, those who help will stumble, and those being helped will fall. They will all fall down and die together. But this is what the Lord has told me. When a strong young lion stands growling over a sheep it has killed, it is not frightened by the shouts and noise of a whole crowd of shepherds. In the same way, the Lord of Heaven's armies will come down and fight on Mount Zion. The Lord of Heaven's armies will hover over Jerusalem and protect it like a bird protecting its nest. He will defend and save the city. He will pass over it and rescue it. Though you are such wicked rebels, my people... Come and return to the Lord. I know the glorious day will come when each of you will throw away the gold idols and silver images your sinful hands have made. The Assyrians will be destroyed, but not by the swords of men. The sword of God will strike them, and they will panic and flee. The strong young Assyrians will be taken away as captives. Even the strongest will quake with terror, and princes will flee when they see your battle flags." says the Lord, whose fire burns in Zion and whose flame blazes from Jerusalem. So he's like, you can trust in me. You can trust in God. He's crying out to his people to turn and repent from their wicked ways and from evil and from false idols and false gods and turn and trust and rely and lean into God. And we can turn and trust and rely and lean into God today too. The same call is for us. The same cry is for us to turn, repent, and and fall on our faces before God to submit before the Lord and accept his gift of salvation at the cross and to go through the cross and enter into his kingdom daily to take up the cross of Jesus daily and set ourselves aside daily in verse 30 or I'm sorry chapter 32 he continues with the hope we have ultimate deliverance and there's generous leaders versus bad leaders and there's um Another another warning is given, another cry out in verse 1, chapter 32. Look, a righteous king is coming, and, and honest princes will rule under him. So here we have, look, there's a righteous king coming. Jesus is coming. We have again a glimpse of that hope, a glimpse of knowing that we can trust and hope in God, in righteousness and freedom will be brought forth through Jesus. In chapter 2, it continues, Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a parched land. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth. 
and everyone who has ears will be able to hear it. Again, we have we fast forward and look into the millennium where everyone sees the truth and everyone sees the glory of God and everyone sees the righteousness and the truth of redemption through Jesus and basking in the glory of God. In verse 4, it continues, Even the hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes. Scoundrels will not be respected. For fools speak foolishness and make evil plans. They practice ungodliness and spread false teachings about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of the scoundrels are evil. They plot crooked schemes. They lie to convince to convict the poor, even when the cause of the poor is just. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Listen, you women who lie around in ease. Listen to me, you who are so smug. In a short time, just a little more than a year, you careless ones will suddenly begin to care. For your fruit crops will fail, and the harvest will never take place. Tremble, you women of ease. Throw off your complacency. Strip off your pretty clothes and put on burlap to show your grief. Beat your breasts in sorrow for your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines. For your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy towns will be gone. The place in the city will be des- the sorry the palace and the city will be deserted, and busy towns will be empty. Wild donkeys will frolic, and flocks will gaze in the empty forts and watchtowers until at last the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field, and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in fertile fields. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety, quietly at home. They will be at rest. Even if the forest should be destroyed and the city torn down, the Lord will greatly bless his people. Whoever they plant, Wherever they plant seed, bountiful crops will spring up. Their cattle and donkeys will graze freely. So he's like, there's a difference between being a bad and a corrupt leader versus being a generous, kind leader who stands firm in faith. And there's consequences to not paying attention to God. He says, look, stop your complacency. Just do what God asks. Stand up, be rightful, and and be honorable before God, and live lives that truly reflect the glory of God and who he is to the world around us. We are called to spread the good news, to spread the gospel, and to share in his glory and amazingness. And if we're not standing firm in God, what are we standing firm in? And then in chapter 33, it continues with another woe, a message to Assyria. And Assyria comes across the nation of Israel, and they destroy the Israelites, and they bring forth a lot of chaos and a lot of trouble for them. But now their time is coming. God destroys the destroyer. There's destruction for the destroyer, and that's prophesied in this chapter. In verse 1, What sorrow awaits you, Assyrians, who have destroyed others, but have never been destroyed yourselves? You betray others, but you have never been betrayed. When you are done destroying, you will be destroyed. When you are done betraying, you will be betrayed. But the Lord, but Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you. Be our strong arm each day and our salvation in time of trouble. 
The enemy runs at the sound of your voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. Just as caterpillars and locusts strip the fields of vines, so the fallen army of Assyria will be stripped. Though the Lord is very great and lives in heaven, he will make Jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness. In that day, he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. So here we have Assyria who treated Judah horribly. And he's saying, look, the sinners are going to reap what they sow. When when you're done doing all of this, you'll be done too. And it also reflects back on this in Second Kings 18, verses 13 through 16. I'm not going to read it, but if you have a chance to go over there, it, it tells of this destruction of Assyria. In the remnant, those who stand firm in the, in the faith, they stand firm and faithfully wait for God. They trust that God is going to bring this them through this, and they cry out in prayer and confident expectation, even in troubles, even in struggles in life, they prayerfully call out to God and stand in faith, in firm expectation of what he's going to do. And then there's a transformation of Zion, and we'll continue here in verse 7. But now your brave warriors weep in public, your ambassadors of peace cry in bitter disappointment, your roads are deserted, and no one travels them anymore. The Assyrians have broken their peace treaty and care nothing for the promises they made before witnesses. They have no respect for anyone. The land of Israel wilts in mourning. Lebanon withers with shame. The plain of Sharon is now a wilderness. Bashan and Carmel have been plundered. So here we have no hope in their cry. They're waiting. They're faithfully waiting for God's response. And then we have God's response, which starts in verse 10. But the Lord says, Now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. You Assyrians produce nothing but dry grass and stubble. Your own breath will turn to fire and consume you. Your people will be burned up completely like thorn bushes cut down and tossed in a fire. Listen to what I have done, you nations far away, and you that are near acknowledge my might. He's saying, look, know who God is and know the power and awe of God. And God's response is asserted with with full authority. And he will be exalted. In the Assyrians, the sin, the, the chaos, the evil is going to be destroyed. In verse 14, we have the impact of God. What happens when God shows up? Here's the in- impact. The sinners in Jerusalem shake with fear. Terror seizes the godless. Who can live with this devouring fire, they cry? Who can survive all this all-consuming fire? Those who are honest and fair, who refuse to profit by fraud, who stay far away from from bribes, who refuse to listen to those who plot murder, who shut their eyes to all enticement to do wrong, these are the ones who will dwell on high. The rocks of the mountains will be their fortress. Food will be supplied to them, and they will have water in abundance. So there we have who can who can survive with God, God's people, God's righteous ones, and we are made righteous through Jesus, and He promises that God will provide he he longs for his people to live righteously and be blessed and we can approach god and we can do it in humility and we can approach him because we are seen as righteous before god because of jesus when we put our faith in jesus in verse 17 it continues 
Your eyes will see the king in all his splendor, and you will see a land that stretches into the distance. You will think back to this time of terror, asking, Where are the Assyrian officers who counted our towers? Where are the bookkeepers who recorded the plunder taken from our fallen city? You will no longer see these fierce, violent people with their strange, unknown language. Instead, you will see Zion uh, as a place of holy festivals. You will see Jerusalem, a city quiet and secure. It will be like a tent whose ropes are taut and whose stakes are firmly fixed. The Lord will be our mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection that no enemy can cross, that no enemy ship can sail upon. So here he's saying Judah is protected and the Assyrians are going to be wiped out. And there's a second coming where evil is going to be wiped out. and We're going to have peace, salvation, and restoration. And the evil will no longer be able to to survive because God is victorious and the exile will be done completely. The sin will be gone, gone and we'll have peace that is from God. And there will be waters that flow from the altar and Emmanuel, God is with us. He sent Jesus and Jesus came and Jesus is coming again and he is with us. In verse 22, it concludes, For the Lord is our judge, our lawgiver, and our king. He will care for us and save us. The enemy's sails hang loose on broken masts with useless tackle. Their treasures will be divided by people of God. Even the lame will take their share. The people of Israel will no longer say we are sick and helpless, for the Lord will forgive their sins. And we know that is true, and we can stand in faith firmly as we wait in faith and firmly stand on who God is and reveal who God is to the world around us in every single day of our lives. And we'll continue on tomorrow. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day.